You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alexa Ferguson. This is Brian Balducci. This is Craig Kurlop. And this is the Earn and Invest Podcast. I remember that I was reluctant to get into real estate. In fact, I had to kind of fall into it. Although my parents owned and rented at least 10 doors at any given time during my childhood, I was much less adventurous as a young adult. I always thought that it was too complicated. Rents, repairs, tenants, taxes. It felt like too much. But then my wife and I decided to buy a condo in the city to use on weekends. A year into ownership, it was sitting empty more often than not. The only viable option at the time was to put it up on the rental market which was surprisingly easy and profitable. Over the next few years, we acquired three more doors in the midst of the great real estate bubble. For us, becoming landlords was more a necessity than a choice in the beginning. But once we got our feet wet, it felt like a no-brainer. I think we would have gotten there much sooner if we had a little more support behind us. A few professionals to show us the way. A team. Are you looking to elevate your asset allocation, guard your portfolio against volatility? Equity Multiple can help. Invest in professionally managed commercial real estate starting with just $5,000. Establish passive income streams while experienced asset managers go to work on your behalf. Sign up at equitymultiple.com forward slash earn and receive an enhanced return on your first investment. Again, that's equitymultiple.com forward slash earn. The FI team is a group of real estate agents and consultants in the Denver area who specializes in helping real estate investors work toward financial independence. Today, we talk to three team members, Brian Balducci, Alexa Ferguson, Craig Kirlop. Welcome to Earn and Invest. Brian, I want to start with you. You call yourselves the FI or financial independence team, but you're into real estate. So tell me, is real estate the best path to financial independence? Yeah, in our opinion, real estate is one of the most simple paths to financial independence. Buying your first property and then buying a property every single year can get you there within five years. There's other routes that people take, but we believe buying properties, you know, continuing to buy properties is the easiest route. Alexa, when I was looking at the bios of everyone in the team, not just you three, but everyone, it looked like pretty much everyone 
was landlords, house hackers, property owners above and beyond just what they were calling their own humble abode. Tell me how you got into real estate in the first place as an investor. Yeah, so we started off as a lot of real estate investors do with education. So we started reading, we basically started with, we don't know how to manage our money properly and build wealth in a way that is not just the normal nine to five job that you're kind of locked into until your your retirement age. So we started kind of just looking into that, reading books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was really influential to us as it was for almost every single real estate investor, I feel like says that, but um, it really was that for us. And we sort of just came to the conclusion, my husband and I, that there is another way to go about building wealth in your life. And the way we saw it, a better way where you get the gift of your time back and just really options to work your W-2 job or not. It's whatever you really, what brings you joy. So reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and kind of getting into the bigger pockets community and things like that, we sort of landed on real estate investing as the simplest and most scalable way that we could get into it ourselves. And also just the concept of acquiring assets that that cash flow and real estate just kind of seemed like a very tangible way to do that. We um, purchased our first property together in 2020. It was an a single family home that you could kind of rent out the basement as a separate unit. So we did that and realized that suddenly all of our living expenses were covered and we were living for free. So then we moved into the next house and did the same thing, rinsed out the first one in its entirety, rinsed out the basement of the second one and looked at our finances again. And we're like, wow, this is, this is pretty life changing. We're living for free and now we're making money on top of it too. So looking at that and how it kind of really changed our, our financial life, we sort of realized that this is a path we really wanted to kind of sprint down as fast as we could. And then being a part of the fire team is, it's just kind of amazing to help other people do the same thing, being a part of the team. So that's kind of how we got started. And I guess our why behind it of just, just freeing, freeing our time back up to use how, how we would like. Craig, let's talk about this concept What I hear Alexa talking about is kind of this idea of financial independence or wealth leading to real estate. On the other hand, I imagine there are people who start on real estate and end in financial independence. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? For me, I know real estate came first. My story is I was living in Silicon Valley, just basically a corporate slave, right? Working 60, 70, 80, 100 hour weeks and making the same pay whether I worked 40 or 100 hours. And so I've tried, I stumbled upon a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which is what actually introduced me to passive income. And so I was looking, you know, searching for this stream of passive income and being in Silicon Valley, I was looking to start a company. So that was my way to financial independence at first. But I decided that was way too hard to do. And why not just do real estate? It seems way easier than starting a company. Companies, 95% of companies fail, whereas 90% of millionaires own real estate. So I went with the odds. Uh, and started purchasing real estate, got into bigger pockets and was just learning, learning, learning. And then I realized that, hey, like after a few years, you can become, you know, base level financial independence just to real estate. And then you can continue to grow from there or you can you know, do what you want. And Craig, you're one of the co-creators of the FI team. How did the idea come about to take it one step further and say, okay, it's a great way to become financially independent. It's a great way to support yourself, but then to actually build a group of real estate professionals to help other people do it. 
you know, I was on my second or third house hack at the time. And my first, you know, the first one I did, I went with a realtor that said he knew numbers, but really knew nothing about house hacking. Right. And so basically I was doing this on myself, just looking at all the research and just, again, it was, it was a lot of information to take in. It would be great to have a coach, guide or mentor to lead me through that process. Right. And because it was only, it was only me, I was like, like I, I saw that need. And so I got my real estate license. And for the first couple of years, actually, I was only doing stuff for myself. I wasn't doing anything for anybody else. But then a buddy came up to me and he was like, hey, I really want you to help me find a house hack. You know what you're looking for. You can hook me up with all your information. Oh, and by the way, you might make a few bucks off of it. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I did that. It was a lot of fun. And then I had more and more people coming to ask me to be their realtor. And I just found myself coach guiding and mentoring them. And I was like, why not build a business out of this? There's clearly a demand for it. And then, you know, as we got busier and busier, I just couldn't possibly take them all on myself, which is a great problem to have. And so it was natural to take the people that I helped house hack, like most of our agents are, were my clients initially. And they're, they're amazing. All like Alexa, Brian, and all of our whole team is amazing. They're able to coach, guide, and mentor other people. And so we just build a business this way. And now we're able to help the masses achieve financial independence through real estate investing. Brian, talk to me about the problems we encounter when we go to a basic real estate agent, but we're more interested in things like house hacking and building more of an entrepreneurial business. Does, Does your typical agent not get it? Yeah, the, the typical agent is not an investor or might not even have, have a house themselves. So finding somebody who's investor friendly is key. You know, somebody who can run the numbers, who's done it before, who can hold your hand all the way through the process. Because I, you know, my first two houses were with agents that they were somewhat investor friendly, but they they weren't really knowledgeable about house hacking specifically. I actually found Craig Curlop for my third house hack, and that was just a big difference. Just the, the resources, the calculators, just helping you with, you know, how to list the rooms, for instance, what platforms to use to, you know, collect your rents and just kind of holding your hand when it comes to, all right, this is normal. You know, you might have to fix this and that, but it's going to pay off in the long run. Alexa, we've been talking about this idea of agents understanding the more entrepreneurial side of real estate. But what about the financial independence aspect? I mean, have you encountered agents out there who even know what financial independence is, much less understand how real estate plays into it? I think it's it's not super common to find agents who are super well acquainted with the concept. So I think if you're someone looking for a home from the entrepreneurial standpoint as an investment, finding someone who as is an agent who kind of aligns with your goals is huge, right? So I think if you work with just your average realtor, they just don't really understand. And then they can't really, I don't know, they just don't, don't source deals for you as successfully as maybe someone who understands what you're trying to do would. And I think there's something to be said about having experienced ourselves in doing these investments, because after a couple, you sort of get an eye for pretty quickly, you know, this is going to be a good investment and here's why, or it won't. And we can kind of help guide our our clients into good deals or steer them away from ones that won't be. So yeah, I just think this mutual understanding of like, hey, we're both we're both on this path toward financial freedom and I want to help you do that. Here's what's helped me along the way. This this house will get you there or won't, you know? So and I think it also just kind of helps with that that trust and camaraderie between between the agent and the client of like 
kind of running on this path together. So I do think it, it can definitely help a lot. Craig, it almost sounds like you're training up your competitors in the future, right? So the people who you're taking through this process ultimately will either do it for themselves in the future or help other people. Is there an issue with that? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I get that question a lot, actually. And, you know, I think we're one thing that's, I think, made me successful and makes everybody successful and well-liked is just the abundance mindset, right? And so there's just so many people out there looking to house hack, so many people looking to invest. And sure, like what my my goal for everyone on our team is to eventually leave our team. And but the whole thing is we want to stay a part of the Fi team family, right? And so what that means is they're no longer on the Fi team, but with the brokerage that we're with at the EXP, we have, you know, you kind of come in underneath people. It's kind of like um, it's like a multi-level marketing thing. And so even if they leave the Fi team, they're still part of the Fi team family, they can still come to all of our events, they're still part of it, use our resources and all that. And we watch them grow and build their team, and we still, you know, profit smaller, but still profit from their success. That's kind of my idea. And I just, it makes me feel good to see people and watch them grow. Brian, Craig just talked about kind of the abundance mindset, right? There's this sense that there's plenty of properties, there's lots of people around, but that should all work out okay. I'll tell you, as someone who didn't know about real estate in the first place, I always felt like there wasn't an abundance of property around. You guys are in the Denver area, right? So this is, we're not talking about, you know, nationally right now. We're talking about a specific location. Do you worry about having enough properties around for everybody? I don't. I mean, you know, it's it's all a cycle right now. And, you know, we, we all know that there's less inventory on the market, but I don't think that really has to do with, you know, how many agents are out there. It just has to do with builders and, you know, not being able to keep up with everything. And, you know, you're just, you just have to take it one day at a time. And as things change and inventory comes up, you know, there's still deals to be had out there, even with low inventory. So yeah, I definitely on the side of abundance because, you know, no matter what you can find something, it just might take a little bit longer. Alexa, one of those things, again, people who don't understand real estate have trouble with is is the idea that a cash producing property is somewhat of a zebra, right? They're hard to find, they're hard to manage, et cetera. Do we just have the wrong idea? Like those people who aren't used to doing real estate, do they just not have the idea, the eye for how we can turn a property into something that's profitable? I think sometimes that can be the case, but I mean, I think it's kind of the reality is that it's getting more and more difficult to find those properties. And I, it really does depend on your market, but talking about Denver, I mean, prices are appreciating so quickly that rents are kind of having a hard time keeping up with that and appreciating fast enough to where you're still cash flowing on these properties that you would cash flow on a couple of years ago as long-term rentals. And so I do think not to candy coat things, it's getting a little bit more difficult, but there's definitely still strategies to use to cash flow on these properties. So there's, for instance, the rent by the room strategy where you rent out each bedroom individually, you can charge a little bit more than just renting out the entire house or kind of where I focus is the short-term rental space. So Airbnbs, and those make you a lot more gross income than your traditional long-term rental. So, and so we're cash flowing on our properties as even as prices continue to rise and, and clients of ours are doing the same thing that are buying properties right now. I think there's always a way and depending on the circumstances of the market and just, it can just require a little bit more creativity. Greg, let's talk about your business as an agent yourself 
on a video on the Phi Teams website, you say something to to the extent of, we help people who know next to nothing about real estate investing achieve financial independence in the next three to five years. Why go after people who might be reticent or to get in the market or don't understand the market, whereas most realtors are kind of like, you're sitting around waiting for people to come to you who are already excited to buy and are ready to jump in the market to buy a home to live in. Most people that come to us do at least know the concept of house hacking and they know that that's what they want to do. However, there have been a handful of people who, let's say they know house hacking, but their friend knows nothing about it, but they're interested. We're able to take that friend who just knows that his friend is doing something that's going to make him more successful. And we're able to coach guide and mentor them through that entire process and hold their hand. There's one, one gentleman, the gentleman in that video actually, where he knew nothing about house hacking and was under contract a week later and closed on his house you know, four weeks after we went under contract. So for that five week process of knowing nothing to closing on a house and he was house hacking, having rooms rented and building wealth that way. So we're able to go as quickly as you want us to go. Brian, is there anyone who's part of the Phi team that isn't an investor themselves who doesn't manage a certain number of doors on their own? No, our, our requirement is actually to have everybody at least have one investment. Now I know, you know, Craig was talking about maybe opening up a residential arm where we just focus on first-time home buyers and you, know, you don't have to have an investment. But we like to, if you're going to work with investors, it'd be good to at least have one investment. That just helps, you know, our brand and what we're trying to do. Alexa, is there any conflict of interest? I mean, in a sense, you guys are not just agents. You're also buyers yourself. You ever go see a property and someone does it, passes on it and you're like, wait, maybe I want to buy that one. <laughs> yeah, I get that question from time to time. I think it's definitely it's definitely a balance, you know, because it's true. We are investors. A lot of times we're looking for houses with the same criteria as our clients. But I mean, I'm curious how, you know, you, Craig and Brian would answer this question. But for me, I just kind of put my my clients needs first. Right. So if they're looking at something or, or I have a client that's actively looking, I'm going to send them those properties first before I, I look at them for myself. I mean, in reality, a lot of the time it doesn't line up. Like I'm looking for a house like one month out of the year, every year, (laughs) the way the timing works out with lending and all of that. So it's not a common thing that I face all the time. But during that time, I always just try to have the mindset of client first. There's no kind of like, I'm going to show you this house or or not show you this house because I want it, you know? So that's my approach. I'm curious what what y'all would say. Yeah. And I can, I can kind of add on to that too, where one, I hundred percent see that too. Like you really only looking for a small portion of the year. And number two is like your, your criteria is so different from everybody else's. Like maybe you can qualify for more or maybe you can't qualify for as much or, or all of that as well. But when it, when it did come down to it, when I was looking at houses and all that, you know, and, and once I got the team too, it became even worse. It was clients get first dibs, my agents get second dibs and I get the scraps. Right. And so that's kind of like how I felt. Like if I ever saw like a, a client or an, or one of our agents going after a deal, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to compete with, you know, with them. And so that, that was kind of how, how I did it. And so, yeah, you're, you know, you definitely sacrifice a little bit of your own, but there's so many good deals in the market. You just have to figure out how to make them work. And as you go through this financial independence journey, it it really does become about helping others before ourselves. So I've definitely taken that where, you know, I'd rather have somebody else get into their first house hack or second house hack now that I'm, you know, financially independent myself. Yeah, it's just, it's really rewarding to be able to help others. So Craig, can you go through and, and talk a little bit more on a micro level? What 
the Phi team does for its clients that a traditional realtor wouldn't? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously we're going to hop on an initial call with you and understand what your true goals are, right? Understand, hey, do you want to live with roommates? Do you want to have your own private space? Do you want to, where do you want to live? And basically from that, from that initial call, we're going to recommend a certain strategy for you. Then as we start and go look at houses, right, we're going to go in the house and we're going to estimate, hey, you can probably get this amount for rent or this amount on Airbnb and your mortgage payment will be about this much. And we'll be able to do kind of like the back of the napkin math for you, but we'll also give you our calculator so that you can run those numbers yourself, send them over to us, and we can kind of double check those numbers for you. We don't want to run the numbers for our clients because we want them to learn how to run those numbers too, but we're absolutely cool with confirming and making sure that they're buying the right house in the right area that's going to do well. Once they go under contract, you know, that's when we negotiate. We make sure that everything that we felt we're going to get, we're getting. And if not, we go back and forth with the listing agent to try to make it right. After closing, that's when the fun really starts, right? That's when we start giving them leases and giving them tips and recommendations on how to get their rooms filled. And if they have issues with their tenants, how do we help them out? It's, we don't just, you know, wipe ourselves clean of, of our clients, of our buyers right after the close, right? This, this is a journey and you're with us hopefully forever. And so for one, two, and three, we're just consistently with, with our clients. And not only that, but I feel like most of our clients just end up becoming part of our friend group. Like, I feel like I'm friends with everybody on our team. I feel like they're, we just end up, you know, being a big family anyway. So it's fun. Yeah. And I think there's on the front end to add to that, there's, there's specific knowledge that we kind of offer our clients. So related to investment properties in Denver. So if they're doing short-term rental, Denver is a patchwork of regulation on short-term rental. So we can tell them, hey, you can do it here. You can't do it here. Here's the exact rules. You need a license, blah, 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 blah. Or if they're doing a a long-term rental, this is how many people are allowed to live in in a house together in this city. Things like that, that maybe your typical realtor just wouldn't look into because it's not important for your average single family buying a home. Brian, talk about that relationship post-closing because I'm interested in this idea of how long do you end up staying in people's lives? Are they calling you when they're having tenant problems six months later? Like, are you still part of their Rolodex, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to even, you know, fix-ups, we're, we're helping them with the contractors. We have a big vendors list. We're checking in on those projects that they're doing. And then we're also checking in on like how they're filling their rooms, you know, what they're getting per room, how it's going. So it, it's constant follow-up and just making sure that they're on the, the right path. They're always asking questions and because some of them have never done it before. So we're able to just be that, that book of knowledge for them and just, oh yeah, this is normal. Or, you know, the winners are a little bit slower and, you know, you'll, you'll get it filled eventually. Have you tried this group or that group? Yeah. It's, it's constant communication. One, one thing too, I'd like to add is just that every, you know, I've done five house hacks, Brian, I think you've done four, Alexa, you've done two. Right. And so it's great that we all have the great experience, Right. But because we're in touch with our clients, we see what works for them too. So sure, we've I've done five, but really uh, we've done hundreds because we know exactly, like I've gotten so many good tips from my clients that I can then share with our other clients that may not know each other. And so it's just you know a phenomenal network of people. Alexa, do you ever actually invest with your clients? Have you guys seen as a group that agents have gone in with clients on properties? I personally haven't done that. I don't know if anyone on the team has actually done that, but there's several people on the team who who end up partnering with 
whether it be friends or clients who they kind of get on board with this whole financial independent mindset. And it definitely is a way that you can scale a little bit faster if you kind of have two people's money going into these investments. So it's definitely something that that our team does, not necessarily with clients a ton, but it's it's definitely an option. I mean, it's really like Craig was saying, it sort of becomes a tribe, you know, after you work with these people and and we all go to these, these meetups together where you kind of share your experiences in your own journey. So once we work with these people, it's, it's not like, okay, we got our paycheck and see you never, you know, it's sort of like, let's keep in touch. Let's talk about how you're doing. Let's help each other grow. And, and I could definitely see that leading to, to partnerships in the future. Craig, we've been using these terms, financial independence and real estate often intertwined and very much so. You talked about how these people become part of your tribe. Do you end up advising or discussing with them non-real estate personal finance issues? I mean, do you end up talking about other types of investments or do they come to you for advice on non-real estate transactions? Yeah, they. I get. I've gotten questions about you know what should I do with my four hundred one k or like my Roth IRA, and I mean because the people kind of know me as a financial like I don't the personal finance space, right? I always qualify that I don't have any sort of criteria uh, certification or anything like that. But I kind of would just say, hey, this is what I did or this is what I would do, and so you know I don't know your situation, but you know this is my two cents. So yeah, we get advice from all walks of life, especially when it comes to kind of saving money and being efficient with your money. I was about to say, Brian, do you feel like your expertise is financial independence or real estate or both? Like what comes first? I would say I started with real estate, but I've, I've broadened out a little bit. So I also know, you know, stocks and, uh, you know, options, uh, puts and calls, different things like that. 401k investing, Roth IRA. Um, so yeah, I have had people come to me and ask about, you know, stock questions and, and whatnot, non-real estate related. And I'm happy to discuss those as well. Alexa, financial independence expert or stick to real estate? I think for me, they're super intertwined. So I think that real estate is is just such a great vehicle for financial independence. So I feel like financial independence is sort of the basis of everything I do in real estate personally and working with clients. So I think that's a difficult question. I mean, ultimately, the goal is... The, the why, the purpose, the thought, the thing we're all running towards is financial freedom. So exploring other ways of getting there is something that I'll always be looking for and trying to help people look for as well. But it just seems like real estate is the one of the best ways to do that. And it's personally, I mean, personally speaking is where my passion lies. I mean, it's fun to, to look at these deals and analyze them and, um, you know, get the next real estate deal and go look at these homes and So it's probably not a great answer to your question, but for me, it's kind of just really, really intertwined. One goes, they go super hand in hand. We are talking to Brian Balducci, Alexa Ferguson, and Craig Kirlap. They are part of the FI team, a group of real estate agents and consultants in the Denver area who specialize in helping real estate investors work towards financial independence. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. All right. So most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago and I knew immediately 
that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor, and it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer-focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Over 30,000 investors across the U.S. are discovering a new way to build wealth. Equity Multiple brings you access to a diverse wealth generation ecosystem with cash-flowing real estate. Starting with just $5,000, you can allocate to professionally manage commercial real estate assets. Sign up in minutes, find investments that fit your strategy, and invest your desired amount through a streamlined, secured platform. Since 2015, Equity Multiple has delivered over $170 million in distributions to investors and 17.4% aggregate net return. Join the thousands of investors nationwide who are building stronger, more diversified portfolios through real estate investing. Sign up at equitymultiple.com forward slash earn and receive an enhanced return on your first investments. All investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Again, that is equitymultiple.com forward slash earn. We are back with Brian Balducci, Alexa Ferguson, and Craig Kirlop of the FI team. Craig, let's talk about how much of a need there is for these services. Is there a large group of people looking for help in this area? Yeah, I mean, Denver is, I feel like, a metropolis of people seeking financial independence. I feel like it's kind of the the mecca, because not only is there bigger pockets headquartered here, but we've also got Pete or Mr. Money Mustache here and the Jensen's, Mr. and Mrs. 1500. Like, it's amazing. It's an amazing community of financial independence people, but also the real estate is still reasonably affordable, right? It's not like it's New York or San Francisco or LA or anything like that. You can still buy cash flowing properties if you're creative, like Alexa was talking about earlier. And and you also get great appreciation. So it's an amazing market because you can get cash flow and you can also gain tremendous amounts of wealth through the appreciation side of it. Brian, tell us about a win with a client that really sticks out as showing what you guys do as part of the FI team. Just recently, actually, I closed on a deal with a client over in North Glen. Basically, they were going to do a rent by the room. And the idea was to add a sixth bedroom. They probably had more questions than anybody I've ever dealt with because there's three of them partnering on a deal. And it started with just, you know, where do we list our rooms? They were from San Francisco. So I helped them with that. 
they're actually filling their rooms right now. And I, I gave them a conservative estimate on, you know, around 800 per room. And right now they're filling their rooms for 950, wow. which is unbelievable. Yeah. So, and yeah, I've just been guiding them through the process. I helped them with the contractor and the contractor did great work. So they're really happy with that. And now they're, you know, off to the races, you know, trying to get their, their second property here soon. But yeah, just guiding them all the way through the process. And uh, yeah, they're doing great. Alexa, I, I imagine you guys get a lot of repeat customers. Yeah, we do. So I've been on Craig's team for about a year now, and I've already had three repeat clients. Who, in, in just a year? In just a year, because a lot of them are coming up to their one-year mark of when we bought their first one with them. Yeah, I think that once you once you catch the bug a little bit in this real estate investing world, you just kind of want to go as fast as you can. So yeah, I've already had three people come back and say, we're ready for the next one and and pull the trigger. Craig, is this a common thing? I mean, are you getting people who are iterating that fast? They're buying one property, figuring it out, coming back to you within six months, three months, ready for the next one? Yeah, I'd say I'd say the average is probably about a year, you know, because just because that's the criteria of the 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 loan is. Um, sometimes if you have a couple though, you know, you'll have, you know, the the woman or the man buy one first and then the spouse buy you know, buy the second one six months later. And so you can kind of double up that way as well. But I would say it's very common uh to have repeat customers because that like buying one house hack is not going to change your life. It's not going to make you super rich. It'll make you richer, right? But if you can buy four or five now you're talking about life-changing. And so if you can just stay through that process and buy a house hack a year for the next four or five years, you'll be really good five years from now. Brian, we're talking about the wins and it sounds like there are a lot of wins, but you ever get a client who just is not appropriate for this and you take them around to a bunch of places or even they buy a place and just realize very quickly that they were not meant to be a serial real estate investor? I mean, I haven't had clients that like aren't cut out for it, but I have had clients that just want to live in their own property and, and not share rooms or not rent out the unit. And in their case, they're just going to buy a property a year later and then turn that previous property into a rental. So there are you know multiple ways to do it, but they're all interested in investing in one point or another and becoming financially independent. Just not everybody wants to to be comfortable with other people coming into their house. You know, we talk about the comfortable uh, continuum. I know Craig talks about this a lot, but it's you sacrifice comfort for more profit. But if you want to be more comfortable, you're not going to profit as much. But either way works. It just kind of depends on your situation and where you want to be in the next five years. I've worked with a client or two who kind of have these maybe a little bit unrealistic ideas of what investing in real estate might look like and being a landlord or or hosting a managing Airbnbs or whatever their strategy is. And, you know, the idea of putting that work in and, you know, being around to to take care of repairs and things like that, they just kind of complain a lot about it. And I just think that there's no perfect property. There's no, there's no perfect management style. Like you're always going to run into issues and obstacles. And I think that people who can't kind of come around to that idea of this is, not going to be perfect. And I can't really complain about these things. It's kind of what I signed up for. They have a little bit of a harder time. The magic in house hacking is buying one a year, every year on the year, right? Not getting a killer deal every 18 months. That ruins the whole equation up. 
right? Like if you get one a year, every year for the next five years, you'll likely be financially independent, at least base level. But if you're, you know, if you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for these best deal, I have one client that I worked with initially took him forever to get his first deal because he was looking for like a home run. He got his home run, but he has, it's been almost three years. It's been two and a half years and he hasn't purchased another one because uh, back in October of 2020, he thought 400,000 in Denver was too much. Now you can barely get a cardboard box for 400,000 in Denver. It's just the magic in this game is not seeing how much it's, it's grown in the past year, but how much it will grow in the next three, five, 10, 20 years. Yeah, the analysis paralysis can really affect an investor. Craig, you mentioned the fact that a box now costs $400,000. Obviously, things have accelerated in Denver. Any thoughts of going national with this? So you guys are all Denver-based. You know the Denver market. Is there an argument to start heading out to cheaper areas, areas where maybe there is a little bit more property available? So we're definitely toying with the idea. We haven't made any big moves yet. Actually, so me and, and my wife just moved to Idaho. Uh, and so we're kind of splitting time between Idaho and Denver. And so we may just start doing something a little bit small up here in Idaho. However, you know, we, if we were going to take on other markets, we'd probably take on markets similar to Denver, right? Think like Seattle and Austin and those kind of like tier two type cities, because we know that people, the average person can still afford a home there. Even in the suburbs, at least. And we know the strategies that work, right? We know people want to live there. So rent by the room is great. We know people want a vacation there. So Airbnb is great. But if you start going out into the sticks, it becomes into a completely different market, which we're not as familiar with. Brian, talk about the advice you would give to someone who is listening to us right now. And they're like, wow, that sounds great. But I don't live in Denver. I don't have a FI team available for me, but I want to do the same kind of thing. What advice can you give to someone aspiring to kind of do what you guys are doing, but somewhere where maybe they don't have the resource of a FI team? Yeah, I would just say get started wherever you can. You could reach out to us. We do have referral base all over the nation. So we're happy to you know pair you with an investor-friendly agent in your state. But yeah, just, just getting started. You know, Once you buy your first property, it's so much easier to buy your second property and so on. And so you know that first property really makes all the difference. And then you can just take that that next leap and it's just that much easier. You know, you've been through the process. Alexa, tell us what you're most proud of in accomplishing in the FI team. What what do you think you as a group have done that that really sets you apart? I think for me, it's kind of seeing the people's eyes be opened to another way of living, right? So there's there's a couple clients that I've had who are really new to the concept of real estate investing and even to financial independence and to kind of talk them through what these properties can do for them, these cash flowing assets and watching the lights kind of turn on for them and say, wait, so I don't have to work my nine to five job until I die if I don't want to, or, you know, there's just, there's just a different way of doing things. And so watching client after client kind of go through that process has been has been super rewarding and so i think biggest accomplishment for me personally is is i mean i can think of one client that i have this couple and they were you know just working their jobs and paying their 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 mortgage they were in a home already and we kind of began talking about what they can do with their property and if they were to purchase more and what it can do for them financially and 
they totally have run with it and it's totally changed their, their like financial lives, you know? So they rent out that property. Now they've acquired two more since then. And they're kind of running with it just to see like the passion and the joy that that brings them, I think is, is kind of what is the biggest driver and motivation for us at the end of the day. Yeah. Just like Alexis said, you know, the norm is working until you're 65 and then retiring with a 401k. So showing people that, you know, that's not the only way to live and that you could actually, you know, retire early or set yourself up so that you could retire whenever you want on your time with jobs. You know, you never know if you're going to get a bad boss or, you know, if the situation is going to change. So just having that extra financial ability to, to leave a job and go take something that maybe, you know, doesn't pay as much, but you like a lot more or you're more passionate about, that's just powerful. And just leading by example is what we do. So. Greg, let's talk about some of the risks. I mean, could we be in the midst of a real estate bubble? I know I certainly benefited back in 2008 when I bought a bunch of my properties, a bunch of them were in foreclosure and it was just because the real estate market was pretty horrible. Could we be facing something like that again soon? I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see a massive decline like we saw in 2008 because what was wrong with 2008 was that there was a fundamental issue in the lending criteria that, that the lenders were doing, you know, 125% LTV and all loan to value and all these things. But the lending criteria has stayed pretty strict. And I don't know if you've tried to get a loan recently, but it's not easy, right? They're asking you for bank statements and all these things, right? They're not just letting any, any you know, jabroni get, get a loan. And so I don't, I don't see a massive fall. Do I see a slowdown hundred percent? Do I see maybe even a small correction? Sure. Like if the, you know, if stocks, if the stocks keep going down, people are going to have less money for down payment. They're not going to have jobs. You know, there, there's going to, we're going to see a little bit of a cycle, but what we tell our clients is that we cannot predict the market, right? Everyone thought the market would crash because of COVID. Well, here we are two years later and it's like, gone up a tremendous amount, I don't even know, 30, 40, 50%, right? Everyone thinks the market in 2017, when I bought my first one, everyone thought the market was at its peak. And so the only thing that we can do as real estate agents to help our clients and to help ourselves out is to make sure that we're buying cash flowing properties. And that way, if the market crashes, it's okay. Because rents really never go down more than hundred, maybe $200 a month, right? And so as long as you've got enough buffer, you can at least hold on to your properties through any sort of crash. And when it comes back up, which it always does, then you have the option to sell or not sell. Alexa, talk about what Craig just said. I mean, is real estate more resilient, especially if you're collecting rents? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, the fact that you have these these cash flowing properties, I mean, the better the investment, the more margin you have. So, you know, for instance, our short-term rentals are making us, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month. And so if our property value goes up or down or anything like that, I mean, we have a little bit of, of, of buffer. So, I mean, yeah, I think it is more resilient for sure. And like, like Craig said, I mean, oftentimes it does end up coming back up. And so you, you end up with that option to sell or to, or to keep, you know, keep renting, but it is definitely resilient. Brian, how do you know in your own personal life or in that of your clients when you have enough? I mean, is there a number of doors where it's time to stop and you say, okay, I'm there. I no longer have to keep buying. I think it definitely depends on the person and their expenses. As a single guy, my expenses are pretty low. So I already know that I'm covered. My needs are already paid for by my investments. That being said, you know, we're always trying to level up. We're always trying to, you know, grow. I don't think there's ever going to be an end. Eventually, you know, I'll scale into multifamily, partner with people and just continue to scale. Enough is is very perspective on what other people's needs are and you know how much they're spending on a day-to-day basis. 
Yeah, I think I think it's really hard to hit financial independence, you know, in your 20s or 30s. If you do that, you you have some sort of drive. And it's really hard to just turn off that drive. And for a lot of us that what we get fulfilled with is is adding investment properties and that like the game of investing is fun and the score and the result of that is is having more money. But I don't think you get to a point where you're not doing it for money anymore. You're just doing it because you enjoy it and you'll do less of it or you do more of it. And if you ever stop liking it, well, you won't buy any more investments, right? So it's just, you have that easy out at any time. Alexa, do you have in your brain either a number of properties or amount of passive income that'll signal to you that you can stop buying? Yeah. So there's kind of this, these tiers of financial independence is the way that we sort of look at it. So there's like your basic financial independence where your basic living expenses are covered. And then I think Craig, you have like specific terms for these, but then there's another level above that where more of your, you know, leisurely expenses are also covered. And then there's another level above that where you kind of luxury type things, vacations, whatever, those are all sort of funded by your passive income. And so the way that personally, we've sort of been looking at it is, is kind of that more basic level to start to say like, are all of our living expenses covered? Can we pay our mortgages and buy groceries and our utilities and all of that good stuff with the passive income that we're making? And so once we can cover that on a regular basis for us, we'll say, okay, we're financially free. And then after that, it's just, do we want to bump up to that next tier and have all of our leisure and luxury type expenses covered as well. And then I think that that highest version Craig first was fat fi. So <laughs> one day. <laughs> so Craig, we've been talking so far about the fi team and the services you provide, but we haven't talked about the fi team podcast. Tell us about the podcast and what you guys discuss. Yeah. So we actually just rebranded maybe a few months ago to investify because uh, we felt like we wanted to you know, encompass more than just the fi team. And so what we do in, in our podcast is basically, we just want to see, hear your story. And so we kind of start the podcast off by asking, hi, how did you first hear about financial independence? And then we just chronologically go through your, sto- your story. And so, you know, if you're, if, if you're older and your story is 20, 30 years, you know, we'll hear about the beginning and then we'll skip kind of towards the end and see, you know, where you're at and maybe dive in on anything in particular. But if you're newer in your journey or you maybe quite haven't quite hit financial independence yet, we still love to have you on and we just kind of dive deep into where you are, where you want to go and all that. So I just think it's really cool and valuable to know and hear that there are other people achieving and trying to achieve the same thing that many of you listening to this show are trying to achieve. And maybe you can glean some ideas off of it as well. Well, Craig, Brian, Alexa, I wanted to thank you for coming on today. The thing about real estate is it really is available, I think, to many of us, but we get tripped up on figuring out the tricks and figuring out the areas of friction. And I remember when I was going through it, part of the problem was I didn't really have anyone to tell me how to get some of these things done. So it's really cool to hear about the FI team in the sense that you guys are taking your accrued knowledge. You've done this before. You've put your heads together. And now you have a program for other people who are ready to jump in. I really wish I had that kind of thing when I started. And I'm sure people in the Denver area right now are thankful to have you available. I want to end this episode the way I end every episode by asking you each what's up next in your life and where can we find you if we want to know more. Alexa, let's start with you. What is up next in your life? And if people want to get in touch with you, how can they? 
Yeah. So what's up next for me? Just kind of continuing to help people find their investment properties and as a realtor. And then for us looking for investment property number three this year, hopefully. So that's kind of what's up next. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram um, at Alexa Ferg Realtor. And then also on the Fire Team website, if you just want to learn a little bit more. And Brian, what is up next in your life and where can people find you? Yeah. So along with Alexa, you know, helping other people reach financial independence, you know, leading by example. And so we also do meetups. So we have about four meetups in the Denver area per month. So continuing to host those, which just continues to form that that community that we're looking for, just surrounding yourself with like-minded people. As for myself, um, getting another property here probably in the next year, and then also uh, scaling into you know multifamily partnerships, those sorts of things, because I do have a lot of people that reach out and they, they want to get started and they want to partner, just optimizing the network. And Craig, maybe if I team Idaho in your future, tell us what's up next and where can we get in touch with you? Yeah. So what's up next for me? Uh, I'm really, you know, focusing on just building out the team even more and supporting our agents and our clients even more and just figuring out, you know, the the best way to continue to scale and to continue to see everybody to be successful on the investment side. uh, I'm looking for, you know, large multi, I'm partnering with um, some, some people in the multifamily space and we're looking for large multifamily in Colorado or in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you know of anything, let me know. This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, I'd like to thank Brian Balducci, Alexa Ferguson, and Craig Kirlop. That's a wrap. Awesome. I usually keep the recording going just to record some of our chat afterwards. But um, is there anything we didn't talk about? Anything you guys were like, oh, this is really important to the Fi team that we didn't discuss? I don't think so. I think we did a good job encapsulating it all, man. Yeah, it's been yeah. It was great. You know yeah. what I really wanted to capture, which I think we did, is like this looks fun. Like when <laughs> I look at what you guys are doing, this isn't just, oh yeah, ho-hum, we come to work, we do what we do. This looks like, for you guys, this is like the coolest thing to help ingratiate people into taking control of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. It's fun watching it and fun being part of it. Yeah, and I hope people kind of catch that from hearing the podcast, because that, that certainly it seems like you guys really enjoy doing this. Um, did a lot of you guys become realtors after you were investors? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think almost everybody. Yeah, almost everybody. Yeah. Which kind of explains why you're oriented this way and didn't just go kind of the traditional route of I'm going to be, you know, a realtor who's showing houses all day and having open houses and, and, you know, helping people buy their first houses. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But residential real estate in Mm -hmm. itself is is its own thing. Um, Any thought of doing this, you know, not in person so consulting having people consult with you through zoom or what have you and not doing it necessarily so that you can do it across state lines etc has that ever come up of, of just doing a consult service yeah i think I, I'm, go ahead, Ryan. yeah i mean i think that's definitely something that i mean i already consult with my friends you know not i don't charge them any money but they definitely reach out and i just 
you know, kind of walk them through the process. And so I feel like, you know, we're all three probably consultants in some way. We might not charge for the service, but I think we're doing that. Craig, I imagine your brain has gone that direction or, or thinking of going in that direction. Yeah, so I, I like I launched a course, um, and so we help. I do help people kind of all around the country uh, through that, and um, that involves a weekly or a monthly uh, call. So I kind of help people that way. And if anyone ever wants to reach out to me, not on the monthly call, they're more than welcome to. I've done a couple like one-on-one consults where you just like charge like for an hour of time, but um, I, I find that. You know, I, I don't always love to charge, but I find that if I don't charge, then people just ask me questions they could have just found in my book or, or just kind of waste my time. And so I always want to make sure that I'm also valuing, valuing my time. So that'd be advice I give to you guys too, as people start reaching out to you more and more, is uh, don't be afraid to, to charge people and put a value in your time. I thought your advice was just going to be telling them to write a book. <laughs> and write a book. Yeah, that helps too. Yep. How, how is the book doing? It's now been what? Has it been two years? A year and yeah, a half? It's been like two and a half years now. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Um, time flies. But yeah, the book is doing good as, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, definitely, definitely brings us a good amount of business, gives our, um, our team some credibility. And uh, I think it helps a lot of people kind of start off on their journey of house hacking. So what more can we ask for? The corporate world is like the ocean. It's alluring, but it's also full of deadly creatures that can shred you to pieces. It becomes kind of like a Game of Thrones political arena where everyone's trying to murder you to get your job. My family doesn't come from corporate background, so I didn't have any sort of guidance in that. This is not your typical work podcast. Sometimes you need to be empathetic. And then there are times that you ask for input, but you don't really give a shit. <laughs> Listen to the Ambi Award-nominated podcast, Surfing Corporate. <laughs> Stretch opportunity. What is this, yoga class? Get out of here. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.